Hey, thanks for being here. This is PodFest, episode number 26. Three back-to-back conversations with real people we know through entertainment, politics, science, medical, or even cooking in the kitchen. PodFest 26 features my 2016 conversation with actress Amy Smart, who gained a lot of ground and attention in the movie Among Ravens. Then we'll jump into a chat with Andrea Canning, who has made her mark on NBC's Dateline. And then we'll wrap things up with a loving, touching story about a subject that affects a lot of people. Proof that you can be one of the funniest people on the planet while caring for your community with a heart for reality. Comedian Monroe Martin. This is PodFest. Ravens were once the most colorful birds, but they were too busy being unkind to each other, so they were turned black. But ravens really like to be together, like family. Thank you so much for coming to our annual 4th of July party. You mean the world to us. Cheers to us and to years to come. Cheers. Let me introduce you to my ravens. Now go get your Victoria's Biodata drink. Everybody, this is my buddy Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. Chad makes films. All right. Here we go. We go one, two, three, and four. That's perfect. Step back. Oh! Chins up. Jeez! Here we go. Ah! Here we go. Ah! Some birds fly alone. They're the ones that fly the highest and see the most. Could this be more beautiful? Actually, yes, it can. Ravens usually nest together for life. No! But sometimes they visit with other ravens. I want a divorce. A woman would like that, wouldn't she? I would. This whole being friends with the ex-husband thing, it's weird. Everyone lies to me because they think the truth will hurt me more. If we're going to be best friends, you have to promise not to lie to me. I was as light as a bird, a spirit flying through the air, and I could see my home and my family. Hello. Hi, Amy. How are you doing this morning? Hi. Great. How are you? Doing very well. Man, I got I got to probably cross the line right off the bat. I grew up thinking that Betty Davis had the most incredible eyes ever, and then you appeared on the big screen. How do you what? speak through your eyes? You can deliver a line, and then you can follow the story through your eyes. I think we all say stuff with our eyes. Is there something that you've done in your training that has brought to life where you are physically always aware that there's people on the other side of that screen? Not necessarily. I would say it's more so just... Just being, you know, really invested in and authentic in the character. You know, just like really being committed as an actor in whatever character I'm playing. Your role in Among Ravens, you're playing the part of a college radical. Do you have that in your personality? Yeah, I mean, I think I've definitely had rebelliousness in my life for sure um, that I could relate to. You know, and, and also being in the public eye. I mean, it's a fine line of like... Of like, you know, letting yourself kind of, letting, you know, enjoying yourself and everything, but not making a fool of yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely it does. And, and I've, I've been so proud of you for being a part of Heal the Bay and the Environmental Media Association, because that gives you the opportunity to, to, to change what's going on in the world. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's that really, my, my love for the environment really started as a kid and, um... Right out of high school, I started volunteering with Heal the Bay just because 
I just cared. I just, I love nature. I grew up in Topanga Canyon, which I was fortunate to grow up, you know, with coyotes howling at night and lots of nature around. So um, I just appreciate it so much, and I want to see it protected. What was it like for you to go from being a California girl up there to that beautiful state of Idaho? Well, I mean, McCall, Idaho is just Incredible. I mean, it's just the terrain and the the lake and the mountains and the, you know, the deer and all the wildlife. It just, I I could appreciate it. I I just think that getting back to nature, it's so, um, it feels just so good, you know. And I feel like people who grow up in cities need to somehow get back to nature somehow because... There's nothing like it. There's, I mean, we're up in northern Michigan right now on the lake here, and and it's such a nice change from being in in L.A. Your your movie is called Among Ravens. I study Native American spirituality. The raven symbolizes oh. magic in the air, and it also says, "Pay yeah. attention to your dreams. That you're going to go through some moments of synchronicity." Were you were you touched by the animals anyway, or did you feel any messages while in Idaho? Yeah, I mean I, that's so interesting. You say that I've never I've never heard somebody. Will you say that again? What you study? You said the, the raven symbolizes. The yeah, the raven symbolizes magic in the air. It invites you to pay attention to dreams, and the raven, in reality, is a shapeshifter, and it gives you the opportunity to pay close attention to synchronicity. So, what you do is you accept it, mm-hmm. and then and then you grow from it. But you can't question the synchronicity because you're on your path. Mm. Ooh, that's really good. I love that because my husband and I have so much synchronicity, and. It's like, how is that? How is that possible? And I believe in all of it, and I don't question it, but I do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as far as the raven, uh, we saw so many incredible animals. There's there was bears up there, deer, um, bobcats. There was um, tons of obviously like squirrels and birds and lots of lots of wildlife. Uh, but as far as like. I mean, the raven definitely came in and out of this movie so much, and um, and Heather Ray is Native American, the producer of this, and so she really incorporated a lot of that Native American um, tone to it, as well as uh, as one of the directors. And, and that's the positive message of this movie is that it's very family driven. There is a message. This is, you know, you also worked with Tyler Perry. This has got to be incredible yeah. for you to be a part of these. Yeah, it it was. I mean, I, I really liked working with Tyler Perry. I mean, he he's such a brilliant man. He um, he writes, directs, produces. He's 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 come so far in his life and he's. He's made such a success of himself, and yet he's he's so humble when you meet him and talk to him. He's so down-to-earth and normal and lovely. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely, and you're, you're humble, too. And I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to share a conversation about your new movie and everything you're going to be doing. Thank you, and um, thank you for sharing about uh, what you know about ravens. I mean, I knew some of that, but not... Definitely not all of it with the magic and the synchronicity. So, um, and the shape shifting. <laughs> that's 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 the underlining theme of that of this movie, Among Ravens. 
This is a story about a loving mother and wife who was murdered in her own home. I had the opportunity to sit down with the killer. The interview, it lasted three hours. It was fascinating. Oh, and by the way, this story began five years ago today on Valentine's Day. Good morning, Andrea. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. 27 seasons of Dateline NBC. I mean, in reality, you guys are like a classic rock album. You are a part of our lives really deep into the soul. Well, I love, I, I have never heard it put that way. That is brilliant. Well, it, it, it's become such a part of our thread. Of when, when we know that you're on TV, we know that we're going to be getting actuality. And I cannot imagine what you guys do behind the scenes to give us the real news and break us away from the TMZ style of life. Yeah, well, we work hard at that. And thank you for, for you know, pointing that out. I mean, it's, you know, we have such professionals working here, like seasoned producers and editors and you know they're, they're just really really good at what they do See, that's, that, um, that's, and we we put a lot of you know time and effort into each show to make sure that it's that it's fair and balanced and and accurate and done well well and, and the way that you do it it's almost it's it's a modern day newspaper where we get the pictures we get the stories we get everything that we're supposed to be getting from that story and then if we want to learn more we always i always go to nbc.com and i can get a deeper story yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we have we do web extras. We'll we'll air maybe the whole interview, or we'll do like a clip of um, something that people you know seem to be more interested in. Things like that. So yeah, you can always get more. Did you always have that visual to be that global reporter, that person who was going to share the news? Because you, you, to me, a reporter talks the news. You actually share the news. Yeah. I mean, I I've always liked this genre of reporting. So I kind of ended up in the right place. Um, and I knew from a young age that I wanted to work for a network. And I knew that I wanted to live in New York. And here I am. So, yeah, set your goal. And you never know. It might happen. Well, I've always wondered how you guys go through the stages of, because, I mean, if you're doing regular television news, you know, you've only got so many minutes or seconds to even t- to share the story. But now you get to do the long version of the story. What goes into creating the long term, knowing that your listening audience or your viewing audience can tune out at any time? Dateline does not give me an opportunity to tune out. It, the, the, it's that oh, I done. <laughs> I know it's our teases, right? Um, we the teases, so much goes into the teases and we have the most incredible writers here I mean there's great material to work with but when you to hook people you know that's an art like to you know to, to write to be able to write that way um, to, to get people to stay tuned and I commend our writers here for doing such a good job with that um, I would I would stay tuned even if I didn't know the story <laughs> so it, it, you know that that's just that's kind of what Dateline is what I've always loved about the way that you bring the story to us is that you you are never afraid. I never see some you know that I mean it's almost like you're sitting in the house with me and you're saying you're not going to believe what I just heard and I need to tell you about it right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel that way. You know that's real. Like I I just can't believe some of the stuff I'm hearing. Right. And I'm like I can't wait for the viewers to see this. You know it's because you want them to live through it like I did. Well, how do you live? No, how do you get by the? You know, because you're, you're building the story, building the story. I'd be out there all over social media talking about how I'm doing the story, and then by the time I got on the air, well, I blew the story. So, how, how do you keep it so close to your heart before you can release it out to the public? Yeah, it's you know, what I'm always like conscious of that. Um, you just kind of have to. Uh, like, even I just won't even if I post pictures or things. Like, I won't even say half the time where I am. 
um, because, you know, part of it's for competition, part of it's just like you don't want to give away too much of what you're working on. Um, so, yeah, you just have to keep it close to your chest and talk about it at work, and that's it. <laughs> so are we in crazy times, or do we just have better reporters? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a, that is a loaded question. Um, I think I think maybe a bit of each. I don't, no, I, you know, I don't know if reporters are better. I think reporters have always been fantastic, you know, through the decades. Um, but I think it's a little bit of crazy times right now. You were, you were on the scene and part of the story of, of Sandy Hook, and it really kills me that lately a lot of people have been saying, oh, it didn't happen, it didn't happen. As a reporter, oh d- d- does that just irritate the junk right out of you? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. You didn't see, you were not there. You did not see the horror. Like it was, I mean, just the aftermath was one of the most depressing things I've ever covered and a story that changed my life. I have five young daughters. I I think about that story almost every day when I say goodbye to them. So for someone to say that it didn't happen is they're they're Looney Tunes. Well, how do you how do you stay so strong as a reporter, though? Because, you know, what PTSD would be all over me in the fear of that when I go to that scene, something could go right or wrong and go in any direction at any given moment. Yeah, I, um, I think it's really the strength that I get from people involved. You know, they're so strong, so they make it easier for us because of their resilience. You know, you, every day I see in humanity, I'm like, wow, how, do, how is that person getting through this? How are they waking up every day, you know, and, mo- and going on? And they, I know they, they struggle at night, I'm sure, when they're alone, but they find humor and they, you know, they have strength and they're just amazing people. You know, it's amazing how people can go on from, from tragedies like we cover. And I commend all of them. Do you find yourself to being a visionary? Because, I mean, it's just you and your cameraman. I mean, it's, you're looking right through a tube, but yet there are millions of us out here watching you. How, how do you digest that? I don't. I Honestly, I don't really think about it. Um, I do the best I can, and I, and I, you know, get into the interviews, and I kind of tune everything else out. I don't. I care about the viewers immensely, but I don't really think about them in that moment. I mean, the questions I ask, though, I suppose is like sort of me channeling the viewers. If I was watching this at home, what would I want to know? What do I want to hear her ask? So I might not be necessarily consciously thinking about the viewers, but I'm kind of channeling them without really thinking about them, if that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely does, because every every question I'm asking you, I'm going, okay, what is that person in car number 15 that's on a highway right now wanting me to ask right now? And I think that they want to yeah. know why you've got a psychology degree, but you went into television news. What <laughs> happened here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it kind of goes hand in hand, right? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's like, it, it's just like, I don't want to let the viewers down. Like, one of the biggest things that gets me is like, if a question gets cut or something, and I'm like, no! People are going to want to know that. Yeah. You have to put that back in. They're going to be asking that. Um, you know, it's, it, in some, sometimes there's a little bit of humor in it. Like there was one guy who was accused of, uh, of killing someone, and so was his girlfriend. She was convicted of killing her husband. And I said, do you think you'll find love again? Because he was so in love with this woman. He's like, well, she was the gold standard. I'm like, but she killed her husband. <laughs> You know, so it's like, it's like, you know, that's what a whole, what probably everybody's thinking. Like, what? Gold standard? You know, so you have to always channel kind of like, you know, the everyday person. Being a, being a part of those breaking stories, the trials, the crime stories and things like this, can you sit down and read a book without trying to figure it out as a reporter? Um, yes. You know why? It's 
Well, my husband always tries to ruin it for me because he does that. I don't do that, but he does. And then he blurts it out, and like half the time he's right. And so I'm like, you, and I get, I get really upset because I'm like, you just ruined it for me. Thank you. Um, because I just get lost in it. I'm not really trying to figure things out. So I just want to enjoy every minute of it. And like, it's kind of my relaxation, you know, where I don't have to think about like what ha- what's, I'm just, take me for a ride. <laughs> well, Dateline NBC has always been the storytellers in the way that they, not only are you breaking down the crime story, but I mean, you, I, to go into it at, to the levels that you guys do, is, is there an alarm that goes off inside your head that says, okay, we got enough, that's it. Because I, I feel like that you guys go, okay, we got enough, but I need to take two more steps forward because I'm going to get even more. I always, that's been my whole thing. Like, I've been in this business for over 20 years. I'm always like, let's push it. Let's keep going. What else can we get? What else can I ask? What else? You know, I'm not, I'm kind of fearless in that way. Because um, why not? You know, why, why, be, why stop? I mean, if there's more to be mined or had, go for it. How much does social media play into this? Because, I mean, somewhere along the line, you've got to reach out to those that, that are supporting you on, on that side of the screen. Social media is huge with yep. Dateline. Huge. I mean, Friday nights, I spend the entire show on Twitter um, talking to people. Like, they all have an opinion, whether it's about who did what, um, the clues, the mystery, the my jewelry, my dress, <laughs> um, you know, you name it. We'll talk about it. Um, and I re- try to respond to literally every single tweet that has my name in it. I will respond to them. Are if you, I don't, it means, like, I accidentally missed it. Have, my thumbs are, like, you need to wrap them up with gauze <laughs> afterwards because they're in so much pain. Can you imagine if you had to go back to just 140 characters? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's awesome because you just get to interact with the viewers. It's so wonderful. Um, I love it. And I love, I love hearing all the feedback, um, from, from viewers. And also we're on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all of it. And our viewers just like eat it up. Doesn't that make you the better broadcaster? Because I mean, in my early years of broadcasting, the only thing we had were listeners that called in on the telephone. That, that was it. But nowadays, I mean, there's such a connection. Yes. Yes, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like just just the good and the bad. You know what I mean? Just bring it bring it on. I'm I'll I'll answer your questions um and just knowing that people are watching your work because it's almost like sometimes it feels like it goes off into space, right? Yeah. There's no live audience. There's no like you don't know who's watching. You know you see the numbers, but you're like sometimes there's like a little bit of a disconnect. So to have people talking to you and saying like, oh, I loved your show. I love that episode. I love that interview. It's just really rewarding. Hey, if you'd like to be kept up to date with Andrea Canning on Dateline NBC, you can follow her on Twitter at Canning Andrea. We are unplugged and totally uncut with nationally recognized comedian Monroe Martin. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Doing very well today, sir. First of all, I want to I want to thank you from the the deepest part of my heart for your commitment to something that really has been it's almost like a secret, but because of awareness, you're actually bringing this word forward. Oh, thank you. I uh, I really appreciate that. So many, so many times when, when it comes to comedy, they always say that, that the laughter comes from a dark space, but you're so willing to let us on the inside of your heart. Um, explain that, and, and because, I mean, it, it's, it goes beyond more than just the comedy and just the awareness for this month. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I want to be a, a great comic, and in order for me to do that personally, I feel I have to be vulnerable because... I have to talk about the things that I've been through because somebody out there will relate to that. 
and yeah, so I'm just going up there and I'm just talking about my life and hopes that it'll reach somebody and somebody relate and we can become closer. But you you talk about some serious things. You're, you're, you're talking about some serious things that are taking. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're ta- no, I'm saying yeah, I'm agreeing. You're talking because I mean we're you know we all think that it's all lovey dovey inside the foster world because sometimes that's what television paints. But in doing research for our conversation, holy cow, guy, you've opened up my eyes. Yeah, I know. I'm glad I can do that. It's 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 a whole new different world. It's not all bad and it's not all good. I just want people to know both sides of the situation. I do that in my comedy. Like, I, I definitely do my best to show you the positive and the negative. Because a lot of people just like taking one, but you can't take one without the other. Last year, you guys kicked off a campaign, hashtag Foster Truth. What was this experience like for you? Because, I mean, for people to come forward with the truths, A, you were relating with it. But how did that help? I mean, did, did it get inside your soul and affect you as well? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very new to this camp, so I'm doing my best to do my part. And, like, I'm learning things. I I never knew the amount of people that entered foster care a year. Uh, I didn't even know that there was an entire month dedicated to this. When I was younger, I would always feel ashamed that I was in foster care because I never knew there were so many people in this situation that I was in. And now that I know that information, I want other people to know that, other kids in the system to know that there are people out there that are going through the same exact thing that you are, and it'll get better. I mean, because we're, we're talking about failed adoptions, physical abuse. We, we all are so used to these love-filled stories, but because of hashtag foster truth, it really is, it, it's a journey that's going to help heal some hearts as well. Yeah. That's the intention. For you to be in this moment, because, you know, it's, it, it, it is giving back. You, to be that, that comedian, that actor, that, that person giving back, how do people react to you? Because, you know, sometimes people look at comedians and go, is this an act or is this really you? I get that. I get a lot of people after shows, when I talk about the things I do, they go, so is this a joke? I go, why would I sit down and make up an entire another life? No, this is my life. This is good. This is what I went through. But I take it as a compliment because people, they usually go, I enjoyed it, but is that really what happened? I'm like, yeah, I educated them, but they didn't even know. They were just laughing the whole time. They had fun. Spiritually, so, spiritually yeah. speaking, did, spiritually speaking, have have you had one of those moments where you kind of have to thank the higher power for what you did go through because of what you're changing now? Yes, exactly. I always, uh, I'm always grateful that I went through what I went through. Uh, looking back, because it made me a better person. Uh, I have, uh, I'm, I'm very close with my my sisters and my grandmothers and my and my grandmother and my friends and. They, they look to me for a lot of, like, guidance. And at first, I wasn't aware of the reason why, but not under the reason why, is because I've been through some stuff, and they've seen how I turned out. And I never, I, I try my best to never be bitter. There's no need to be bitter, because life goes on. You can always make things better. And I always try to just be a product of my environment 
and not a victim of it. And I want to be, I want people to, to look to me and look at me as somebody, as just an example of things will get better if you want them to. Once again, it's hashtag Foster Truth, and people all over the world are listening to iHeartRadio, so therefore, this invites people to participate with what's going on, and because it is Foster Care Awareness Month. You know, when it comes to foster care, so many, so many Americans think foster care, oh, it's, it's dogs and cats. It, it, this is not about dogs and cats. This is about taking it up to a human level. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I hope people are making that connection when they're doing, when they're thinking foster care. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, just in my comedy world, when they hear that I grew up in foster care, they go, oh, you were an orphan. And then I have to explain to them, I go, no, I was a foster child, which means I I was in temporary living situations until I was either adopted or I found uh, another home. And just these grown people asking me these questions and making that uh, assumption. So that definitely means people aren't educating themselves on what's going on in their backyard. See, and, and through you, we learn, sir. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you're doing today by reaching out further. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, to people listening right now, we, we need to make this a trending topic. We need foster truth to be a trending hashtag. Last year, it was up to, I'm sure, 